Hello everyone, I am Shubha Kankaria and welcome to episode 17 of Dastang Gahi. It is a travel talk where we get to know about amazing places through wonderful stories of various travelers. So our today's guest is an IT professional and a passionate travel photographer. He has traveled to some very interesting places and today he's going to share his experience of witnessing northern lights in Alaska and his magical experience of Antarctica. So guys, without any further delay, let's get on board Nishchal Ravichandran. Hi Nishchal, how are you? Welcome to Dastai Rahi. Um, it's such a pleasure to have you for the talk. Likewise, thank you for having me over here. Like, yeah, I'm doing fine. Like, what about you? I'm doing good, thank you. Um, so, you know, to, to begin with our talk, um, I want to know how traveling started for you. All right, like, uh, my first experience was like, I've never went out of India, like later on, like I just started uh, my first uh, outside country expedition to be frank for studies in US. So I presently live in US and uh, later on, I actually uh, somewhat like kicked me in stating that I need to start traveling seeing all this Instagram posts and everything, I felt, okay, uh, why should not I do the same thing? And I believe my first uh, kind of like wonderful or like uh, dreamy imagination place was Alaska. So that was my first destination, uh, which uh, I felt like I just like booked everything. I wanted to somehow like kick me stating that I wanted to watch Northern Lights. And I didn't know about anything. Trust me, I never knew a thing about Northern Lights. I just like uh, booked all the flight tickets, like started uh, and in the airport, actually in the Boston airport, uh, I started seeing like, what is Northern Lights? I just know it's just a colorful thing, which you can imagine. It's like a dreamy land where you can see something in the sky. But uh, unfortunately I was so dumb to be frank. I didn't research anything on that. and. Uh, I felt like, okay, let me check. And when I started checking more about it in uh, airport, that's when I felt, okay, oh, there's a lot of things to be considered before I need to watch uh, or like before I see a Northern Lights. So yeah, that's my first, uh, what do you say, like a dreamy, dreamy destination to be frank. Oh, the last kind mm -hmm. of dream for so many people. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and choosing that. So did you see the Northern Lights? I mean, did you get a chance to see that? Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. My, my lucky my lucky thing was like, I what happened was like when I was checking in airport, uh, so I was browsing about this Northern Lights details and uh, I got to know, okay, the, there's something called KP index, which is like a sun flare index, basically. Uh, so it should be somewhere like about like four or five to see in a natural eyes. So my luck was so good. Uh, the number showed up five, but at the end moment, like uh, till I see the Northern Lights, I was not sure like, okay, uh, is it true or not? Because you cannot uh, believe any graph which is showing online, right? It can show differ a different graph on a different websites. Right. So later on, I saw that like it was showing four or five at that time, the KP index. But uh, yeah, uh, I was lucky enough to see that. Wow, and how was, how was that experience like? Uh, <laughs> trust me, I had a long flight. Uh, I had like 16 and a half an hour journey from here to Boston. It is around like seven plus uh, four hours flight. 
So total of uh, 11 hours flight. Uh, then once I landed in Fairbanks, which is in Alaska, from there, there's another journey uh, where we need to, uh, where you can actually take your car, uh, like a rental car, but like a lot of rental agency will not let you go because the path which goes to north, the or the driveway which goes to north is called Dalton Highway, where uh, if it's winter, you don't see people for like hours together. If your car get broke down or something, you never see people over there. So it's very tough. So I just like uh, booked some travel agent at the last moment who can take me up north. And uh, I was like constantly bugging him at like asking, okay, can we see it? Can we see it? Uh, that journey was like around eight hours again. Uh, I think like around like fifth hour or something, we crossed the Arctic Circle. Uh, so once we crossed the Arctic Circle and I started bugging him more and asking like, will I be able to see it? He just responded by stating that this is Mother Earth. We cannot expect anything. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. At one point, I got disappointed. I just like was sitting in the van and uh, driving up north. So at that time, he just like pulled over the vehicle and he showed like, okay, just like go and check it out. And uh, I think that was my first experience. After that, we went to some other place called Coldfoot, where we had a cabin. And uh, from there, actually, we, uh, how do I say that? Uh, it was magical. At 2 a.m. in the morning or like, I think, believe uh, 1.30 or 2 a.m. in the morning, it was like minus 40 degrees Celsius. Uh, so negative 40 is not a small thing. Trust me, like you need to like wear a lot of uh, layers of jackets uh, to protect yourself and your body. And, and uh, yeah, after seeing that, I just like sat over there, like was like just like watching that for like an hour together. <laughs> So yeah, that was my first experience. So total was around like 16 and a half hours flight or something, 16 or 18 hours total journey was. So I felt, okay, uh, this was just like a two-day trip, what I did, just like fly to Alaska, then finish the thing and come back to uh, my home. Uh, so yeah, it was totally worth it, what I've invested the money on that. <laughs> so you, you did a solo travel, like you went through huh? this trip? This wow. was a solo travel, yeah. And how are lights like? I mean, I've heard there are a lot of colors to it. Uh, normally, you oh, see yeah. lights and a lot of colors. So, what kind of colors yeah. did you see? Usually, like if it's like Keep Index 4 or something, I believe you can see something like green. If it's like more than 4 or 5, I think like if it rises the Keep Index, you can see the purple, uh, green. I've heard about blue. I've never seen blue. Uh, but I have seen like purple and green for sure. Wow. I mean, uh, actually getting to see Northern Lights on the first itself, like first time itself, is quite quite lucky for you, I guess. Oh, <laughs> okay. So after after Alaska, you came back. Then what happened? What was your next adventure that you went on? Oh, okay. Uh, so after I came back, I don't know. Like, um, there's something saying that like once you go for a travel and you cannot sit at home, like you still be in that particular magic, magical imagination in the back. Okay, this is what I did. I think I need more, 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 more. Yeah. At that time, I think I went to Alaska in February. And after that, once I came, uh, I could not stay for a month. I thought, okay, I need to hit some destination which should be uh, less mankind would have explored. Uh, that's when I started like, okay, Okay, checking more on details. Okay, somewhere in my mind at the corner, I felt like, oh, okay, why don't I go to Antarctica? 
and I never knew like how it's gonna work. As I told you, same thing with Northern Lights. I was just like, okay, why don't I do a uh, like homework before just to make sure that I know everything. What's the risk I need to take? Uh, what's the cost factors? How the journey would be everything. So when I started like uh, checking a lot of things in Google and like a lot of blogs, there was ton of people who have traveled to Antarctica. I thought only like researchers or like some uh, like uh, government agent workers or like uh, uh, who has uh, working research uh, in Antarctican land for the climate change. I believe only they would travel, but I didn't expect that like even the tourism would happen over there. Yeah. yeah after that, like I think in uh, I think beginning or end of March, I believe I started like researching more about the uh, Antarctican land how it is, like how we can travel, like what are the expedition companies which will take you there and what is the risk factors. I think that's when kicked me in and I started doing, I, I believe I did something around like a month and a half research on that just to make sure that like I am safe first thing. And second thing is like, I'm not taking too much risk of my life. Right. Uh, so yeah, after that, yeah, like later on, I found out one expedition company, which uh, I felt like, like uh, very good reviews. And uh, there is a ton of expedition company which will take you, but uh, this was like one thing which uh, made you show that the hospitality and the travel experience was quite good. Uh, yeah, I picked something called Quark Expedition, who was an expedition company which I felt comfortable going with. And I was not wrong and the reviews were not wrong actually, to be frank. They were like really good with an hospitality uh, and like how they treat the customers. Uh, it was beautiful experience. Yeah, that's when I started researching. Then I started uh, checking with my friends. Like, do you want to come? And they felt like, uh, okay, I'm actually making a joke. And uh, none of them told, okay, I'm not in interested. <laughs> so, Antarctica. Who goes to Antarctica? <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's what like a lot of people thought. Like, yeah, are you really a normal man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, like uh, I felt, okay, this is, okay. Then like one of my actually friend told, okay, let's go. He didn't tell, I told him like, I'm planning like this. This, this might be the cost. And like, uh, are you interested? And he was like, uh, let's go. He, he didn't know like anything, where we are going, what we are starting, how we are starting, nothing he does not know. So he told us, yes. then like uh, within a couple of days, I just like gave him all the details. Like, okay, this is what it is. And this, this, this is the factors which we need to take care and this is the things which might come in phase for us and uh, later on like he was like okay let's go and we just like started booking stuff and like started doing the payments for uh, uh, PR, like uh, like what do you say split by split xpr this thing so that like uh, in the month of december i believe like uh, i really wanted to go on month of december the reason because like that's where the summer is in antarctica uh, so what happens is like you can see both like Icelandic land and even the uh, landmass of the Antarctica, okay. and you can uh, you can see the what do you say like all the small small penguins egg-hatching at the time of uh, December. Okay. So yeah, that's when we like started like doing the payments and like started more exploring about Antarctica and like other countries where like via like how we're going. Right, right. So how long was this trip? Like how long did you travel in Antarctica? Uh, so this was around like, I believe like uh, 10 days, uh, sorry, 10 nights, 11 days. Okay. Uh, so there is a 
point in uh, Argentina, uh, which is called like a small town called Ushuaia, which is like they call it as an end of the earth, basically. So once you actually go there, like uh, that's very tiny uh, land, actually, uh, where like, uh, what do you say, like there's tons of uh, expedition company who starts from there to Antarctica because the journey is less time. Okay. Uh, same thing if you travel from Australia or New Zealand to Antarctica, so which will take you around 11 days, just on a one way. Uh, what I heard, yeah, what I've expo- like uh, checked in the blogs and the shortest and fastest route would be the Argentina, which would take you like a day and a half trip. So we started around evening and uh, I think next day morning or afternoon, we were there in Antarctica. Okay. That, that was pretty fast, I mean. That was pretty fast, yeah. yeah. But the only risk factor you might need to take is the break passage, which is like, what I heard stories like a different over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I remember reading a book about Antarctica and the author has specifically mentioned about this passage, which is quite rough. And uh, uh, like he had quite a challenge in passing through, like everybody on the on board. So tell us how, what is that passage and what, what exactly goes into it? Okay, uh, so what happens is like uh, when I started exploring more about this Quark expedition company, like the reviews was good and everything. Later on, we started like applying for an uh, Argentinian visa because I need to like land in Argentina first, then like I need to be on the spot like uh, the town called Ushuaia so that I can start my journey from there. Uh, so we went to New York, got my, uh, so we went to New York for Argentinian embassy and over there, like we just submitted the document or the, so luckily we were like able to uh, meet a top diplomat in the Argentinian embassy. And he asked me like, what is the purpose of the visit? And I told him we are actually traveling to Argentina. And he asked like, which uh, travel agent? And uh, he told like Quark Expedition. I was like, uh, he just like responded back. I heard about a lot of Quark Expedition that I've got. Okay, that satisfied one side. Okay, a localite who is telling us that is a good company which you can travel with. Yeah. Uh, so later on, uh, once we landed in uh, Ushuaia, so we had an embarking ship at, uh, I think, next day morning. Before that, like we were staying in a hostel. Uh, we met like, a lot of other people who were staying in a hostel who was on the same boat. Uh, I met uh, a, a girl called like Namrata. She was from Bangalore. She solo traveled and uh, met a uh, Izzy as a person who has been traveling for a year right now. Uh, she was from Kent, England. So we all actually uh, got it a really quick bonded and we started like went for a dinner and like later on, we just started like onboarding uh, on the ship. So the welcome, how the hospitality, they made sure that like they welcomed their customer was like so beautiful. Uh, so once we embarked into the ship, actually, uh, so then I started researching more about it. And like, I got to know that like the ratio of uh, people and the service members inside the boat is almost equal. So we were around like 200 people in the ship and uh, there was like not 200, my bad, uh, it's 199. To be precise, I'll tell you the backstory why it is 199. Uh, so then, like, there was like around 150 or 160 people who was working parallelly. So it was like two is to one ratio where, like, they make sure that you have everything. Right. And uh, the backstory of 199 is because when I was doing a research on this Antarctican thing, 
there is a treaty in Antarctica stating that if a cruise has an equal to 200 or more than 200, they are not allowed to land on the Antarctican land. They can just dock in Antarctican land and they can head back, but the people cannot come out of the ship. Uh, that is one thing I learned. And that's how I found out, okay, this is, is the thing uh, where uh, you need to very be precise with what expedition company you are picking up. Right. Uh, Quark was... Is there any particular I don't know. I'm not sure. Like, there, is, there should be some treaty. I'm not sure about it. It's in... Uh, treaty between the governments and the Antarctican, uh, the community, whatever that is. So I'm not sure what is the exact reason why they are trying to do. Probably one of the reason might be like, they do not want a lot of tourists in that spot. Uh, so that like, obviously we have already destroyed all the six continents. They do not want to destroy the other one. Uh, so <laughs> probably that might be the reason. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, so that is one thing. Uh, probably that is one, one of the thing I believe and other things I don't know what is the exact reason why they did but uh, so I saw a lot of companies uh, who is taking like 400 500 uh, uh, cruise companies who will take you there but you will not land in Antarctican uh, you cannot step onto the Antarctican land to be frank mm -hmm. like people who is planning make sure you have that uh, uh, research done or call the companies expedition companies ask them like if you can step a foot on Antarctican land or is it like how it works so that like they have the uh, uh, enough details so that they'll not be disappointed. Right, right. Uh, regarding the Drake Passage, like what I was, uh, so we took a, a ship uh, around like 1.30 in the afternoon, I believe. Yeah, the boarding time was like 2.15. Uh, so we embarked the ship and like we were heading and next day, like we all, uh, like it was, there was a welcome party and everything. So next day morning, we heard a news. Uh, one of the company, I don't want to name the company, but one of the company, expedition company, uh, they actually had an incident two or three days before where they could not pass a Drake passage because of the high tides. The current of the water, which uh, hitted their ship and uh, Usually what happens is like you would have seen a ship where it has a pothole uh, like off a window, they call it as a pothole. So that pothole windows got broken because of the current of the uh, Drake passage. So, and they needed to head back. And I heard this the morning of the uh, travel to Antarctica and like I was like shocked, okay, what's happening? So that, that felt me, okay, I should have uh, seen what it is. So after that, like, our Drake passage towards Antarctica was pretty smooth. Trust me. I felt seasickness, yes. Uh, but initially I thought, okay, um, um, I'm a person. I would not feel seasickness. That's a confident what I felt. But later on, like at midnight, I think the day when we started, uh, I think like 2 a.m. or something, it kicked me in. Trust me. I just like went to the reception, called the doctor. She woke, woke up for me. Actually, she came and just gave me the sleeping medicines. Or like seasickness medicines. Uh, yeah, next day morning, that's what like I heard this news. I was like, okay, fine, will I reach? And I heard the I just like went to the captain at the top. Uh, I spoke with him actually, and he told, okay, like, no, actually, the the current is very low. You guys are lucky that you are not experiencing the very hard uh, the current of sea uh, towards Antarctica. Then like I was like, okay, I felt good. So at the evening or something, we already been reached to Antarctica. 
so because like i don't know what time it was trust me because like once you go south when it's summer you get 24 hours daylight you never see a dark so that's the toughest part uh so that was my first experience of 24 hours daylight so which is like basically like you never get sleep <laughs> that's the side because you see like all the sun 24/7 you never see us uh, the same so yeah like it's very hard to sleep we used to like close the curtains everything we used to sleep that's what we used to do yeah. uh but yeah regarding the uh, drake i heard like it's one of the toughest uh, channel to cross because of the high tides uh the wave where it uh, it actually is a point drake passage is a point where like uh the atlantic and the pacific ocean merges okay. so i believe the tide would be very high the current would be very high uh so yeah so that's how the experience was on to the antarctic land but i felt it it is very smooth okay nothing big of a deal of a drake passage while coming back uh while coming back actually like i felt what is drake passage okay so which was like one side scary the other side actually the ship was like going inside water coming up back inside going coming up back we used to, so the, there was like no uh, i think breakfast no lunch because of uh, they cannot use fire or anything in the kitchen because of the high tides so they used to like serve us food uh, like a bread or something uh, coming to our doorsteps so we just like stepped out like uh, stepped out in the sense like we were in the a common area where i used to see at the back of the ship and like back of the ship was like going back in and the tide used to go fly i had like what's happening <laughs> uh, oh it was scary trust me later on like uh, okay then like we used to like we cannot walk straight right like the ship goes wobbling and like you need to like walk like this and the as i told you the hospitality was so good there were people every corner just to make sure that like they are holding you and pulling you inside to the other side of the thing so it is what how it was actually uh, so later on actually like once we crossed the drake passage it got calm uh, towards the antarctic land but uh, sorry i mean like argentinian land uh, south america uh, but yeah it was quite scary well i mean uh, i think what i read was quite true <laughs> the similar experience has been shared by the author in that book so how was but yeah, yeah everyone everyone yeah. cannot experience the same thing right like sometimes like oh, who knows like people would have a very smooth journey both sides right right of course i mean uh, it's nature so you don't know you get to uh, experience the same kind of stuff but how was your overall experience of uh, antarctica i mean how is the place and i mean it it itself sounds so amazing like going to antarctica but how was your experience to that place i think the first point where we landed was around uh, on uh, i believe where was it i'm trying to find out uh, so which was in like uh, baristos island the south salton uh, land island or something i think that's where i saw the first penguin so the weather was too smooth uh, uh, it was not rough to be frank uh, later on like what we did was like uh, they told okay let's actually embark into a zodiac that's a small boat and they took us to a landmass so that's not an exact antarctic landmass to be frank okay. so that's just a small island uh, so over there we uh, that's when like i say i saw like the penguins 
and when you see the penguins like at the first hand like the real penguins like it's so cute it will be just like tick 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 it will be running always so i loved it trust me so when i saw that actually uh i took out my camera i started like clicking pictures only that place i believe like have like around like 500 pictures because like that was my first penguin experience later on i just like uh, once they landed uh, us into that particular uh, island then like we uh, we just roamed around the place and like we just like i just like okay i thought like okay let me sit and experience it without a camera and that's when i just like captured a lot of memories which is not in my camera so uh, yeah that's when i started watching everything uh, all the penguins and all and uh, regarding temperature was not bad to be frank it was like 0 degrees celsius which is uh, yeah 35 degree fahrenheit uh, which i usually experience back in uh, us right here uh, so i was like fine other than that like yeah uh, then like we started moving every time when we are having lunch or dinner we used to go to our next destination the ship is to take us to the next particular destination okay. so yeah every destination is uh, very unique over there because oh uh, you overnight anything can change it's an antarctic end of the day overnight it can snow it can uh, like rain the uh, tides might get too high uh, you never know what's going to happen over there so the captain of our ship like at the once we embark the welcome uh, uh, what do you say like uh, party so he told us we we'll try our try our best to make sure that like you have uh, seen all the places but we cannot promise it the reason because once you uh, be in the land you will get to know the weather so if it's possible they let us uh, get into the zodiac and like make sure that you are in the land or else it's very tough to uh, go to the land mass so yeah that was the first on i believe like december 1328 sorry 2018 that was my first uh, land expedition in antarctica okay okay So is is there any particular experience or place that just stayed with you of Antarctica? Oh yeah, no. <laughs> Trust me, there's one spot called Paradise. I will never forget that. Is so that it's called, called <laughs> it's also called as Paradise. Yeah, it's called Paradise Harbor. Okay. So what happened was like it's like uh, I think like uh, U-shape uh, mountains everywhere. where uh your ship actually goes between that and it's dark over there and like you see like all like all the 180 degree view of all the mountains and we were lucky enough climate was wonderful uh climate was wonderful there was no high tides the water was so calm and other side there was an uh, antarctican sorry not antarctican sorry uh, argentinian uh, base so the research center was over there so they took us to the research center we sat down over there the climate was beautiful trust me i was like not even wearing any jacket i was like this what i'm wearing right now i was just sitting like this uh so it was so, such a beautiful uh, the thing like climate it was and uh, later on like started like so luckily we had some uh, satellite internet in uh, bold so i started connecting and started video calling my parents and show them like this is what antarctica is so that like they can travel somewhere in future uh yeah so that's when i started calling all my friends started showing everything like okay this is the place i think you should come over here and all uh yeah it was magical land 
after that, like once we saw that, like, and they told us to, we are planning to do a polar jump. Polar jump is basically somewhere like you jump into an Antarctican uh, waters and uh, you make sure that like, I mean, like you can swim for like a bit while, but like if you're not comfortable, you can just like get into the Antarctican water and come back up. So they're going to make sure that like you have all the safety precautionary measures before you do that. And uh, yeah, so that's how, uh, that's one of the experiences which I really wanted to do. I did it. Uh, so luckily I can say that like I have uh, did a polar jump in Antarctic Ocean and I've done a polar jump in uh, Arctic Ocean. Both I have done. Wow. And like, is water like really cold or how, like, just like <laughs> safe? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> that sounds crazy actually. <laughs> actually, to be frank, actually, yeah, I'm like, I really, I didn't feel it was cold. Achha. I don't know. I, I My personal experience was, I didn't feel the water was cold. And once you come out of the water, that's where you feel cold. <laughs> I believe when you're inside the water, it is not. So yeah, like once I came out, I was like shivering. They just like like gave gave me a sh- shot to be frank uh, of Urka. So like, do you want it? I was like, okay, let's take it. Yeah. It quickly warmed my body. But yeah, I think like that's the magic of Urka. That's the other piece. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like once you came out of water, that's where you feel the thing. Uh, but yeah, like uh, that was one of the magical experience what I have it in uh, Paradise Harbor and doing the polar jump. But is it safe? I mean, uh, obviously there's a lot of marine life also. So is it safe to jump or what kind of precautions they take uh, when you do that? So basically what happens is like uh, they make sure the, so obviously like you see all the icebergs over there. So what uh, people over there like other agents do that is like they take the zodiac and they spin around so that the iceberg moves apart so that like you're you'll not be hitting the iceberg when you're like landing into the water okay. uh, so they make sure that like they verify everything they do have like uh, divers who make sure that they check uh, that uh, there is no iceberg underneath where you're trying to jump okay. uh, and they'll be like, once your ship is over here, there's this zodiac, zodiac on the other side, just to make sure that if anything, uh, they tie your tie your rope, just to make sure that if you're a good swimmer, whatever you are, you're, you might be an Olympic champion also, but they make sure that they tie your rope so that like they'll never miss you out. Uh, sometimes like somebody gets into shock of water, like if they hit it. So yeah. they want to make sure that they are safer. So there are divers who will be other side so that uh, they can... Uh, if anything goes wrong, they can immediately uh, pull you out of the water. So yeah, so the they make sure that they take the precautionary measures before we do a dive. Yeah, that that is. Yeah, there will be no marine life what I've seen, but like uh, yeah, like not not there, but like there are, but like they'll be apart, they'll be far away. Okay, yeah, I mean that's important, and safety is again one thing which everyone would have mind doing such kind of adventure. For sure, yeah. So if, if somebody wants to travel to Antarctica, how would you suggest to go for it? Like, I mean, what, what should be their steps or what should they keep in mind when planning their trip to Antarctica? It depends. Uh, I've seen, uh, so recently I was in India. Okay. At that time, actually, I saw like a travel brochure stating that like uh, tourist companies back in India are taking them to Antarctican lands. So I've seen that kind of advertisement over there back in India. Uh, but the one suggestion, if you're going through a travel agent, 
I would recommend you to ask them like which expedition company they are taking the ship from and from where. So try to research more about that ship. That's just to make sure that like, as I mentioned, there is a limitation of 199, I believe 197 or 199. I'm not 100% sure. I'll give you the answer later on. But yeah, there's a limitation on that. Make sure that your ship is less than 197 so that you will be able to step a foot in the Tatican land. If it's more, trust me, they're just like going to like uh, like cruise by the Antarctican land. They're going to show you from the far away, like in the ship, there's Antarctica and you're going to come back home. So you'll not step a foot. So I would not recommend anyone to do that. The reason because you're investing a ton of money in this and ton of your time. Uh, right. I would not recommend that. But if you're uh, going through a travel agent, I would recommend you to go and uh, like ask them, this is what it is. Uh, make sure you do your research before uh, you sign up an agreement with the uh, travel agent. And if you're going with a uh, solo trip, if you're traveling as a solo trip, uh, you can do so. Uh, but make sure you do your research, what I did in my past, where you get to know like which all expedition company will take you, what's the pricing, uh, how many days, where all they're going to take you. So they have a chart or a map, which will give you an idea like, uh, okay, they're going to like this, this, this location in these many days. Excuse me. So, uh, yeah, so that's how it is, but make sure you do your research before you uh, enroll or sign up with any of the travel agents or the polar expedition companies. Yeah. So talking about money, I know that it changes every year, uh, you know, things changes, but to give an approx, how much does it cost? Like if somebody wants to plan out and have an approximate figure, so what would you tell them? Uh, I don't know. Like uh, it depends again. The reason because why I'm telling it depends is like uh, the ship has a different ranges of uh, accommodations. If you're in the bottom of the ship with the pothole, there is a different price, like a shared bunker, almost three people in a room, there's a different price. If you have like uh, two people in a room, there's a different price. So the price range goes up all the way from bottom to the top of the ship. The top of the ship would be like almost like a suit. Uh, bottom of ship would be like, uh, I think like you would have seen like in a Titanic movie, like where Jack stays, it's like that somewhere, <laughs> but it's good. Trust me. Like it's not so bad. <laughs> so, but yeah, it price ranges goes, uh, I believe like it's, it might start if you book it earlier, make sure that you get a perfect accommodation. I think it might goes from uh, three lakhs, I believe of Indian currency mm-hmm. and goes up. And uh, yeah, if somebody is having a concern stating that, okay, I'm a girl, I need to stay with the girl, there is accommodation that they do that only like uh, they go with a gender specific room accommodations. And even if you want, there's a mixed also, but like there is a gender specific and uh, yeah, it goes and like, it depends how you want to like stay in the ship. Uh, Everyone... It doesn't matter like if you are staying the lower deck of the ship or the upper deck of the ship, everyone gets the same experience. There is no, uh, what do you say, criteria that like upper deck of the ship will have a, uh, what do you say, like a, a additional experience or something. Mm-hmm. Hospitality might change. It depends how you travel. If you travel in an economic flight or a business flight or a first class flight, the accommodation, mm-hmm. like the, uh, how the distinct accommodation of the person or, or the hospitality changes. But in this case, I think like everyone has the same experience. Okay. 
And another important thing which I want to ask about is about the food. Like, of course, it's a 10-day trip and a lot of people oh, yeah. are concerned with their food choices and all. So how how is that like? Um, and is it great for vegetarians or it's a challenge for vegetarians? That's also one thing. So I'm, I'm not sure about the other expedition company, but my expedition company literally accommodated us very good food. Uh, one thing like, I know like there is a lot of in, Indians who is vegetarian. So like uh, for them, this might pick it up. But uh, as I mentioned, like one of the girl who came with us, like was called Namrata, she was a vegetarian. So at the first few days, she had uh, some struggles. The reason because like people were not aware that like she wasn't vegetarian, but like there was a lot of onboarded people who were vegetarian. Not first day, actually the first night, I think so. After that, like later on, they started accommodating food specifically for vegetarians so that like uh, they can have. So this Quark Expedition Company like had a theme where like each day, each country kind of stuff. Uh, it's like there was like one day it was completely Chinese food. One day it was like uh, Italian uh american breakfast american foods and like there was like different regions they were like accommodating make sure ma- making sure that like their customers are like satisfied right. and uh so once i embarked i think like we were three indians plus there was like a family of four from nepal and uh an indian uh, malaysian uh and there was like around like 10 or 12 people uh who were like indian origin mm-hmm. uh so yeah, so they saw like one of the day actually uh, the head of the chef actually called me up and told me like we are planning to uh, like uh, prepare Indian food for you guys like can we just like uh, tell like what you guys want? The first thing came in my mind was biryani. Trust me, like I love biryani. <laughs> so I asked him like I want biryani. He was like okay, we have a chef who is an Indian who can prepare a food for you guys. And uh, she asked me to like take an uh, initiation and ask other people in the board so that like uh, we can ask like what what they want to have so and a couple of days later i the next day uh even next day i think like in the afternoon or something i told them okay this is what we everyone wants is it fine for you guys to prepare she told like okay no worries we have everything we'll prepare it for you guys the dinner was an indian dinner wow. we had a proper plated veg biryani chicken biryani chicken curry mutton curry uh, Nans, dal, uh, uh, papads, like there was a ton of food. Trust me, like I don't remember that's a lot. Of food. <laughs> <laughs> like food in Antarctica land. <laughs> yeah, having a biryani in Antarctica land. Yeah, it's one of the epic experience. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. It seems you had really a fun time visiting Antarctica. Oh. So I'm like, what happened was like, once I came back from Antarctica land and landed in the Argentinian uh, like exact landmass of uh, South America, yeah. I don't know what happened last 10 days. I totally forgot everything. My, it was like where you sleep, you awake and like you forget the dream. It was like yeah. that for me. After I visited, so I have something called Polar Steps. I just like uh, watched through that and like all the pictures which I've taken. That's when actually that Somewhere in my subconscious mind, it's picking my memory. Okay, this is what I've did. This is what I've did. But like, trust me, like I still did. I don't know what all places I went because if I don't refer to my polar steps, uh, the application, I'll never remember it. Oh, it sounds like a forgotten dream or something. <laughs> oh, totally. Trust me, like I, I am. I'm still like 
I'm still thinking, okay, I might need to go again. Someday, uh, probably in future, I might go again, again. Wow. I think uh, I, like listening to your experiences makes me also think, you know, someday probably I also want to go and visit Antarctica. And your experience and information is, I think, quite useful because a lot of people don't know like how to travel to Antarctica. Of course, we see your National Geographic and discovery about all that, but a common man uh, planning for a trip to Antarctica sounds like a difficult choice, basically. But right. yeah, but I think your information would definitely help out. And uh, it, it brings us to almost end of our talk, Nishil. And, uh, you know, if, if people want to travel, follow your travels, where they can do that? This is a, such an important question because I I know you have a couple of very amazing pictures on your Instagram. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, like, I'm still building my website, but the thing is, like, they can reach out to me through an Instagram. So, my handle is, like, hungrybird007. Okay. Uh, they can reach out. They can directly ping me if they have any questions related to any of the travel towards Antarctica. I would okay. be really happy to... Uh, make or uh, take a initiation give some suggestion start reading blogs so that like i can give them like uh what is the present condition so that like uh i can help them out if uh to achieve their dreams i think that would be very useful and while putting this out we'll tag your instagram handle so if anyone is interested they can get in touch with you and have more information on antarctica sure, absolutely yeah, thank you so much, Nishchal. It was lovely having you for the talk. And I'm already thinking about Antarctica. <laughs> I hope our listeners are also doing the same. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on Das Sai Rahi. Thank you. Thank you for having me over here. Yeah. Thank you. And we'll see another wonderful traveler next week. Till then, take care. Stay safe.